You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Welcome um, to the 49ers Rush podcast. We're doing something a little bit different today. And hopefully everybody is ready to have a good time. What we are going to be doing, the NFL Network is running back through the best games of the year. And they just finished the number eight game of the year, which was the playoff victory of the Titans over the Ravens, where Derrick Henry just went nuts. And they're about to jump to another game. So the next game is the 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks and the overtime thriller that was just, you know, it's what it is. It was amazing. And we're going to go back through that. And more importantly, this. You know, we're in a kind of a weird time right now, as everybody knows, and people are starving for content. And so what I want to do is make sure that we get as much content out there as possible. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, any questions that you guys have, um, any of those types of things, we're going to be there for you and just talking through as much as we possibly can. So uh, for those of you that have joined in with us already, just want to say thank you and I appreciate it. Um, please use the chat function as much as possible. And the way in which you do that is, you literally just click on the app. Um, if you have not downloaded Hot Mic yet, it's a free app. All you have to do is use promo code RUSHESF. And so what you're going to do is just download that wherever it is you have apps, whether that's the Apple Store, whether that's uh, Google Podcasts, where it, it doesn't matter. Wherever you get your apps, you just head over there, use promo code RUSHESF, no spaces. That's going to be completely free. And when you join in and talk with us, you can chat on there. I have the feed open here on my app. And so we could talk through this stuff as the game gets going. And so they just had their kickoff here. So here's the thing. We're not doing... Uh, play by play or anything like that. That's not what this is. This is just time to hang out, talk 49ers, talk free agency, um, talk NFL draft, talk, you know, just NFL and whatever else in general that you guys want to go through. Uh, this is something that's for you guys. That's the whole entire plan and what we're trying to do on here. And again, if you have downloaded the app, you can sync it to where it matches up the audio and all those things, and it's going to work out just fine. Uh, and man, you know, it's weird with where we are right now, you know, what is it, March 21st, 
we're just over two months, uh, not even a full two months removed from the Super Bowl. And, you know, free agency could not have come at a better time. Uh, free agency was huge because it got the whole kind of football wheels turning and all those things just kind of moving, which was very, very important because we're struggling. <laughs> and, you know, it, we're on lockdown. I, I'm down in L.A., and, you know, th there's not a lot of content out there working on the draft. Obviously, had the huge trade for DeForest Buckner. We're going to see a lot in this game. Um, and he, he played great. One of my favorite 49ers ever in the history of 49ers. I was there when he was drafted. Um, just a big, big fan. And he is gone. But the 49ers now have the number 13th overall pick. And as you see that last play where Kendrick Bourne makes a huge catch going over the middle, this game's going to be frustrating for several different reasons and amazing for several different reasons. One, um, lots of drops in this game. And the 49ers 100% should have won this game. Um, but they were able to, you know, the Seahawks were able to stick around because of Russell Wilson. And we're going to talk about that and break that down. But if we look at what is up, GP, as he is joining us, Andy, welcome back. Really appreciate you guys jumping in. Um, and yeah, here's the deal. You know, the first question up here from GP, he says this. And, you know, if you guys want to help me out, the best way to get as many people in here so we can talk some football is hit that share button. Um, hit the share button, share it to Twitter. I don't care if you have two followers, Instagram, wherever. Um, let me see. I'm going to make sure that it works. I'm going to do that right now. I want to share that to Twitter, sending that out there, and it puts everything in there for you. All you got to do is tap two buttons and get that sent out. That's the best way. Let's get some uh, 49ers fans in here so we can just have an awesome discussion. Um, and hopefully you guys have NFL Network. They're replaying the number seven best game of the year, and that was the 49ers versus Seahawks in Week 10. Now, GP, the first question he asked is this. He says, who we take it with the number 13 overall pick? You know, we trade DeForest Buckner out. And we, we kind of, you know, we jump out of that. Now, the common understanding for what we want to do with the 13th pick in this game is going to make you want wide receiver even more because, yeah, it was bad. Um, now, obviously, if you look at what the 49ers have done with um, at the wide receiver position since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have arrived, they have spent a lot of draft capital on that. Um, you know, if we go back, you traded a second to third round pick up to get Dante Pettis, uh, used a fifth round pick on Trent Taylor. You then draft Debo Samuel in the second round. You draft Jalen Hurd in the third round. Then you trade the third and fourth round pick for Emmanuel Sanders, who just, uh, you know, he just left. We just had the interception there. If you're watching on, um, you know, NFL Network, which is frustrating. That first quarter interception, man, that is a that's a big one. Flag down on there, but I, I think this one's going to stay. But the the idea is this: the 49ers have used so much draft capital on wide receiver, and we're not there yet. Debo is solid. I think outside of that, we got question marks. Trent Taylor's great, short yardage kind of small guy, um, third down conversions, but I don't think that he's a true like quality starter that you want out there all the time. Uh, you know, that that's an issue. And, and then also Jalen Hurd, who, yeah, sky's the limit. But what do you do? Do you fully expect his back to heal? I mean, this is a player who I think I was higher on than anybody. I had him ranked higher than Debo Samuel in my wide receiver draft rankings that I put out um, before the draft. So he's a guy I love. 
but he could not fly to the Super Bowl because his back was still messed up and he didn't want to mess it up by sitting on the plane. Uh, now, all rumors out there are that, hey, he's doing much better, he's healthier, he's going to be good to go, all those things. But we'll just have to wait and see there. But again, more question marks. You don't know if these guys are going to be legit. So we look at the 13th pick, okay? And wide receiver is definitely the one that is getting the most attention, and I don't disagree because this is the deepest wide receiver draft that we have had possibly ever in the history of the NFL. Now, I think that there are very clear three wide receivers at the top of the list, and if you have not listened to you know, my draft podcasts where I break down different positions. Um, you know, I have a whole CD lamb, Jerry, Judy, and Henry Ruggs uh, podcast that I did before we made the trade. And I just said, look, these are the three top tier guys, whatever order you want. But I feel like the sentiment is this 49ers fans, they want a wide receiver and the wide receiver that they want the most is Jerry, Judy wide receiver out of Alabama. Now, what is it that makes Jerry, Judy so special? Um, you know, if, if we look at, as I pull up my, my draft content that I have written up here, the kid is super fast, but what makes him so special is his routes. He's possibly the best route runner to come out of college in several years. Uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about his teammate, Calvin Ridley is one of the best route runners and they're not wrong. He can run great routes. Judy is way more complete. Um, you know, separation with feet and route running, definition of a game breaker. You look at his stats, and again, now we'll talk in a little bit if we think Jerry Judy's going to be there at 13, because I don't think he is. I think he is the first wide receiver off the board, just because he has no question marks. But he's a 6'1", 193. Um, he runs a 4.45 40-yard dash, so that's great. 35-inch vertical, that's all right. 10-inch broad, all right. Now we're starting to slip there a little bit. That measures explosiveness. But uh, this guy was the 2018 Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, and that was a year ago. He comes back out, two-and-a-half-year starter, and averages 17.2 yards per catch. So you want to talk about explosive, Jerry Judy's got it. Um, you can't press him. Uh, he creates <laughs> – he has the best traits of Dante Pettis. Uh, without the negative traits, I, I'd say that uh, his ceiling is crazy stupid. Now he's not the big physical, uh, uh, you know, imposing wide receiver that you see in like AJ Green or Julio Jones or any of those type of guys. That's not who he is. He is much more of man. He's Calvin Ridley on steroids, Adam Thielen type of wide receiver that is just he's always open. Now a couple of small concerns with Jerry Judy. Um, anytime contested catches are not his thing. He only had three on the year, a very, very low number, but guess what? It's hard to have contested catches when nobody's ever around you. <laughs> nobody's there. Uh, so that's a concern that you have to have with Judy, uh, is when somebody is around him, he does struggle. He doesn't like catching through contact. It's not really his forte, but you don't see it that often he has 15 force missed tackles. Um, an 11.1 a dot average depth of target. So the average pass that he receives is 11 yards downfield. So he's not one of those gimmicky, you know, just catching uh, bubble screens and things like that. That's not who he is. He's a guy that runs slants. He runs the full route tree. He can do it all. You don't have any worries about that versus press man. No issue at all. Now, the one issue that I do have with him is his drops are pretty high. 
Now, he had 234 targets, which is a lot, but he had seven drops. And as we go through these other two wide receivers, I think we're going to start to see the difference and the main question mark with Jerry Judy, and that's the drops uh, and contested catches. That's where he misses. Now, I think the second best fit is Henry Ruggs, his teammate out of Alabama. And, you know, we're going to spend some time. And if you guys have questions and if you're just joining us, I just want to say thank you. Um, you, know, you got a lot more people coming in. Oh, my gosh. You got some tips coming in, too, man. I did not expect that. Thank you, GP. Love it, man. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, here, Here's the thing. Um, the reason why we do this and the reason why I spend this time talking, you know, football is, one, just because I love it. But, uh, two, this is our team. And, man, if you've been a 49ers fan, you've got to absolutely love where the 49ers are and the moves that they're making. You know, GP, you're talking about the number 13 pick. The 49ers made a dynasty move in getting rid of DeForest Buckner. Was it the right move? We don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. But what we do know is this. No way in hell the 49ers were paying $21 million a year, top of the market, uh, on an interior guy, whenever they value in this system, edge players. Whenever you look at the depth that's developed on the defensive tackle position, there's a lot of guys there. Are any of them DeForest Buckner? No. DeForest Buckner, I think, is the second best interior player in the NFL, next to Aaron Donald. Um, but you look at who we have left, okay? And I'm going to start with the positive players at the defensive tackle position before I move to the negative players. Julian Taylor, who I think is going to play a huge role. You get Ronald Blair on the cheap that can play inside-outside. You still have Eric Armstead, who you signed to a very team-friendly extension. He's going to be able to play inside and outside. He could play the DeForest Buckner role every single down, and then you move, you get more snaps for D Ford if he stays healthy. Like that's an option, right? Um, D <coughs> excuse me, DJ Jones, Kevin Givens. Um, you know, I'm not Solomon Thomas. If you want to consider him a positive, whatever. Um, Anything you get from Solomon is bonus. I don't think we're going to get that much from him. And then Sheldon Day as well, who personally I would I would prefer to move on from that player and that contract just because the contract's fine. I don't have a problem with the contract. It's just I think he's a liability in the run game. And whenever he's in, teams attack him. So, you know, again, back to this idea. I know we're on commercial break right now. The idea is this. You're making a dynasty move. You are not going to be able to keep Buckner. Let's say you did keep him for one more year. You paid him the franchise tag fee. Then you let him sign elsewhere. Um, what do you do after that? He walks for a third-round comp pick, best-case scenario. So you get one more year usage out of him, but that's a fault to DeForest Buckner because he's a guy that has played. He's the Iron Man on the defensive line. He missed one game in four years. And now you're going to force him to play under his value. That's screwing him over. He did not want to do another year uh, on that tag. He didn't want to do it, the fifth-year option. Why would he want to? He's given this team everything. So you allow your guy to leave and go get paid. All of your teammates in the locker room see that, and they say, well, hell yeah. This is a team that couldn't pay him. I don't think anybody's debating that. But they allowed him to go get his money. And in the process, you kept the thirteen. You got the thirteenth pick, which is a premier spot, especially in this year's draft. And so, now you got to hit on it. But you look at where they are. I absolutely love this move. Uh, it broke my heart. It's funny. I, I told my my boys as soon as it happened. You know, I have a sixteen and an eleven year old. 
And, you know, I tell him, and the 11-year-old got really upset. Uh, he didn't, like, cry or anything, but he was upset. And he just quickly, like, he's like, why would they do that? Don't you love DeForest Buckner? And I was like, yes, son. <laughs> yes, I do. I love DeForest Buckner. Uh, but this was a positive move looking long-term. Um, ah, man, uh, watching the game, you know, again, if you're if you're with us, uh, again, just want to say thank you. We saw the 43-yard attempt. Um Chase McLaughlin, he hits it, but yikes, that's going to come back and get us on that one. Um, that one's going to hurt just a little bit, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's kind of, if you go back to, to where we are and what's going on with, with, with all the games and stuff, it, it kind of hurts because 49ers got the one seed. And so you got to be happy with that. You, you don't want to be like, oh, man. But the 49ers left a lot of meat on the bone in this 2019 season. Um, won this game. Definitely should have won this game. There's no doubt about that as we go through it. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to see those um, recurrences take place again. But good Lord, it's crazy to think a team that is returning. You know, if you want to count Mike Person a starter then you're going to take him down, even though I think Brunskill at right guard is going to be a step up from that. But you've got 22 starters on offense and defense, and we're returning 19. The only three that we lost to Forrest Buckner, that's it, uh, on the defensive side, which I, I shouldn't say that's it. It's a very big loss, and a lot of people are going to have to step up. But on the offensive side, you're talking to your right guard, Mike Person, who started the majority of the games at right guard, and Emmanuel Sanders, who started 10 games at the wide receiver position. Um, that's it. So you're returning 19 out of 22 starters. And even if you just look at roster signings, and there's lots of different places you can go to this, we have the second most um, contracts signed already. So if you look at our salary cap, we're fine where we are now. We could go into the season right now without any more additions outside of the draft. We're good to go. Um, you know, very young team that is built through the draft predominantly. We did bring in some key free agents in years one and two of the John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan experiment, which I shouldn't call it experiment. It's a success. Y you go from where the 49ers were with Chip Kelly, uh, <laughs> with that D-line coach whose name I will not mention, uh, to where, you know, Super Bowl runner-ups. You, you were in the Super Bowl and you lost it, and so that's a problem. But nobody expected the 49ers to be at this point this early in the process. They signed John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to six-year deals. They're three years in. We're going into year four. We just finished the halfway point of their current contracts. Now, if they would have won the Super Bowl, there was there was rumors about extending them, um, but those got squashed right after. Oh, wow. Uh, show that again. DJ Jones, baby. Uh, he just mauled him, and you're getting this guy back. This guy couldn't play in the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of people on Twitter keep saying DJ Jones is going to be the replacement for Buckner. That is not true. DJ Jones plays the nose. You can see him right there, right over the center, blowing him up and getting in the backfield. DJ Jones' role should not change whatsoever with DeForest Buckner. It's the defensive tackle position next to DJ Jones. Yes, number 93 should be a starter. There's no doubt about that. But who's going to start next to him? Personally, I want Julian Taylor and Ronald Blair. Those are the two boys I want in there that are just absolute maulers. Again, not DeForest Buckner. Not trying to say that. But those are the two guys that I want there. Let's jump over to the chat real quick. Really appreciate everybody. And again, if you are watching on Periscope, uh, wherever it is, oh, look at Debo go. Oh, look at Debo go. What a freaking home run hit. 
um, in his rookie year. And he has not reached his potential. You, you see the explosiveness. You see the great routes. You see uh, the great hands at times. He does drop the ball a lot, but he's young. A lot of mental errors, but the, the ceiling, the playmaking ability is there game after game after game. And once he cleans up those negatives, whew, man, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. Um, so a couple other things. Um, Nate, why is Goodwin still with the team? Great question. Goodwin is not going to be a San Francisco 49ers for the 2020 season. Now, the 49ers came out actively and said, hey, uh, we are shopping him. So if you would like to come get him, that's fine. And I think somebody will trade up eventually trade for him. Now, what is his, you know, capital It's very low. It is very, very low. If we look at, you know, his contract, which I think is a big reason why everybody is like, man, why do we still have this guy on the team? Um, I think that's the thing. He And it was right around this Week 10 game. They, they're about done with him after this. I think this was his – he played 10 snaps. If I let, let me see here. Let me look up my stats here. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin played 10 snaps this game, and I think that's basically it. He was the lowest-graded player on the whole team, offense or defense, in this game. Um, I, I really do think that this was the – the end of Marquise Goodwin. Now, it, worst case scenario is you cut him. Now, I don't think that he is going to be cut because he does offer a skill set that the NFL is kind of void of, and that's pure speed. Uh, the guy you could argue is the fastest player in the entire NFL. You know, they did that million dollar race or whatever that he won. He he's he's. He's incredible whenever it comes to speed and playmaking ability. Now, the problem is he's much more of a track guy than he is a wide receiver. But at least as a returner and as a fourth or fifth wide receiver, he does have merit. Now, if you trade him, okay, and this is kind of the key thing here. If you trade him, you save a lot of money. If you cut him, you save a lot of money. So we're going to save $4.2 million against the cap once he is gone. Whether that's a cut or a trade, it doesn't matter. Um, so it's, it's going to happen. Now, the question is, can you get something from him? No team in the NFL is sitting there, you know, rubbing their face like, oh, dang. Oh, well, they should be rubbing their face now anyway because of the coronavirus, but that's okay. Um, but the idea is this. Nobody has a priority on him now. He is a backup plan for probably four to five teams. So let's say as free agency continues to go, and now we're kind of into the spot of free agency where it just takes forever and nothing really happens. Once a team misses out or strikes out on all their options at wide receiver and they're just like, dang, it didn't go the way we wanted to. We've got to get a wide receiver and we're worried we're not going to get a guy that fits the role we want as a returner specialist and a downfield threat. Then that's when the trade or the cut will happen. So he's going to stay with the team probably a little bit longer right up until the draft perhaps not even until uh, after day two of the draft does he get traded let's say a team goes for a second third round and doesn't get their speed threat uh, because somebody took them the raiders took another wide receiver in front of them right that's when they'll say look we would like marquise goodwin but it's going to be super cheap 
Um, you're talking about a fifth round pick in exchange for him, best case scenario. In fact, I think it's probably going to be the 49ers give up Marquise Goodwin in a seventh for a fifth in return, something like that. So don't worry. Um, Marquise Goodwin's one of the better humans on this team. I love this guy. I followed him since high school back in Texas. He's a good kid, track star. He's going to be the Olympics. Uh, hopefully he qualifies, uh, this year. Hopefully we have the Olympics. Good Lord. Um, but he's not going to be around. That $4.2 million is going to come back to the 49ers. So that's one of those things that, you know what, you just take a deep breath. It's going to be just fine there. Um, now, a couple other just real quick questions. And, again, if you guys have anything, uh, please just throw that up in the chat. And, if again, if you're watching on Periscope, I'm seeing some people over there. Thank you. Uh, but go download the Hot Mic app. It's a much better listening experience. It's completely free. Use Rush ESF. And uh, I'd love to answer your questions, and you could throw those in there. As, man, you know, we, we watch this game. They're still in the first quarter. That running game, if you can make Tevin Coleman look like a good runner, you're doing something right. Um, you know, this wasn't asked, but um, I will say this. I do believe that Tevin Coleman will be on the 49ers roster in 2020. I don't think that he should be. This is... You know, me and Kyle Shanahan have lots of disagreements. I think he's, you know, top three coach in the NFL, if not the best coach in the NFL already. He's exceptional. But I do not understand his love for number 26. I don't get it. The fact that he started the Super Bowl still pisses me off. The fact that Raheem Mostert didn't get one carry in the first quarter of the Super Bowl pisses me off. Um, you know, there's zero dead cap money tied to... Um, you know, tied to what what's happening with Tevin Coleman. He, you save four point five million dollars if he is cut. Um, so that that's a big deal. And, and I mean, all that could be come back now. The 49ers have five separate running backs under contract. You've got five of them: <laughs> Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon, who you know you could say he restructured his deal to the vet minimum to stay. We'll have to see what happens there. Um, you know, you've got Jeff. Ta or sorry, you've got. Jeff Wilson Jr., you got Tevin Coleman, you've got Matt Brito, who they tendered, and that's not even mentioning the fullback. And so, you know, you, you look at kind of what's going on there, it's interesting to say the least. Um, but I don't think all five stay. Man, that's an awesome catch by Emmanuel Sanders uh, over the middle and gets his head taken off. But, um, you know, this is, I think, whenever he got injured. And it, the worst thing about Emmanuel Sanders... The draft pick compensation is fine. I'm not really worried about that. You gave up a third and fourth. You're going to get back a fifth and probably a fifth. Now, the way compensation picks work, it's made up of three things. Okay, uh, the first one is salary. Okay, which we have set up at overthecap.com. Uh, they have projected comp picks based on salary alone, but that's only one of three parts of the formula, and they have that coming back as a fifth. The second one is playing time. Um, playing time, stats, things like that. And the third one is postseason awards. So the 49ers are not bringing in near as much as we let go. Uh, really, we, we released Mike Person and guard. We signed back Tom Condon to guard. Those two kind of wash each other out. There's a half million difference, but that doesn't really, that's a small amount. We lost Levine Tololo to the Giants. Small contract, nothing really big there, but that puts us in the negative. Okay. Then we lose Emmanuel Sanders for a big deal. 
So currently we're probably looking at a fifth and maybe a seventh if Levine Tololo can like work, you know, his way into the rotation for the Giants and actually get a lot of playing time. I doubt that's going to happen. But if the 49ers go out and sign, let's just say, a big-time wide receiver or any position, it doesn't really matter. Comp picks don't go by position. They just go by what you pay out and what you lose. That's it. And so let's just say we bring in a wide receiver and we pay him $5 million. That's going to bump that fifth-round pick all the way down to like a seventh-round pick. Um, so that's kind of where that is. Um, so hopefully we get a comp pick here. And so back to the Emmanuel Sanders debate. You gave up a three and a four, and you get back two fives currently. Okay, so was that worth the Super Bowl run? And I personally think it was. I really do think that it was. Uh, you know, anytime that you have an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl, you do. You exhaust all possibilities to do that. Obviously, I wish we could have kept Emmanuel Sanders, but I think the DeForest Buckner trade, bringing in pick 13, gave us enough draft capital to find a way to get a long-term younger replacement. Um, and again, Cap is a big deal. And, you know, paying what he paid, I think he got two years, $18 million with the Saints, and it sucks that he signed with the Saints uh, because I think the Saints are the second-best team in the NFC, which is problematic. Um, you look at Emmanuel Sanders, and his best game of the year was against the Saints, so they saw it firsthand. Um, you know, I, I, the Saints are the scary ones uh, of the NFC outside of the 49ers. I think the three top teams, I did a whole pecking order um, of where I see my power rankings of the NFC. It was 49ers 1, Saints 2, Seahawks 3. As long as the Seahawks have Russell Wilson, I, I think that's going to be a, always going to be just a tough game, rivalry game in the NFC West. And man, uh, you know, a shocker to a lot of people, I put Arizona Cardinals very, very high. And I put the Los Angeles Rams very, very low. I am not a fan of what has happened. I think they've lost seven starters, key starters. Um, obviously, Todd Gurley amongst them. Um, so anyway, that's what. Thanks, Nate. Really do appreciate that. Um, <laughs> David, man, I thought this was going to be the stop in Seattle game. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't get to pick the games. Nice touchdown there from the great Kendrick Bourne, who is going to probably be a 49er again. You know, the 49ers, the way the contracts work, because Kendrick Bourne was an undrafted free agent, because Matt Breida was an undrafted free agent, they did not get to accumulate. They usually sign them to two- or three-year deals. They did not get to accumulate the four accrued seasons, which makes them undrafted free agents or unrestricted free agents. So we tendered both of these players on a second-round tender. Now, what's that mean? Are they on our team? Not necessarily. The contracts are not in there, but their minimums are set completely. And if we look, they're guaranteed, both Matt Breida and uh, Kendrick Bourne are guaranteed to make $3.2 million on a one-year deal. Now let's say a team says, screw that, we want Kendrick Bourne. Uh, let's just use the Raiders just because they sign everybody. The Raiders can offer Kendrick Bourne whatever it is they want. Let's say they want to say, look, we want to give Kendrick Bourne a one-year $10 million contract. And they're going to bump that number up so high, the 49ers say, man, there's no way we can pay that. He's yours. We get a second-round pick in um, – Response. So the Raiders get to sign um, Kendrick Bourne to their one-year $10 million deal. 
We get the chance to match it. If the 49ers say no, they get a second round pick in response or in return. But let's just say the 49ers say, nope, Kendrick Bourne is a vital piece to our future. We will take whatever contract they offered the Raiders. We would take those exact same terms. So that's kind of the way that works. So Kendrick Bourne and Matt Breida are probably, I'd say like 99% coming back because the team doesn't want to give a contract and lose a second round pick for either one of those two players. Um, so they will return and probably at that $3.2 million uh, spot. So I think that's where they're going to be. Um, now, as this goes on, and I guess this is a question for you guys, you know, a big deal and why uh, I want to do this is just put out as much content as possible. Uh, everybody's stuck inside. Uh, <laughs> I totally get it. And so I want people to, you know, have a good time. And be able to watch the game and chit chat and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to see what the next games that the NFL Network, as they release this, you know, the top 10 games of 2019. The 49ers, you could have a whole top 10 just with the 49ers because, man, uh, there was that five week stretch, which, you know, started right here with Seattle, where it was coming down to the end every single second. I think the best game of the year was, oh, you know, 100% that Saints game. From just a fan standpoint, obviously the 49ers came out on top. I don't think Saints fans would say that was the best game of the year, but that was a blast of a game. Um, so, um, anyway, that's there for, uh, for you guys. A couple other questions real quick. Really appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, yeah, Mike Person was let go. Uh, Daniel Brunskill is going to be the starter there at right guard. Make no mistake about that unless they address that in the draft. A lot of people want to project Daniel Brunskill as an offensive tackle. That is not the case. That's not the case. Uh, the front office and the playing time of the coaching has continually shown Daniel Brunskill, they want him at guard. Now, the only time that he was able to play at tackle was when we lost both of our tackles. They were both out. And then, later on, when Staley was out an extended period of time, Justin School got the first shot. He did bad. They replaced him. Brunskill did great. Then in the Super Bowl, Staley gets injured. He leaves. Guess what? They, they don't put Brunskill out there. They put School back out there. So with the current roster with where it's set, I do believe offensive tackle is a huge draft need. But um, I am curious to see how well Brun uh, Brunskill, you know, <laughs> Hall of Fame AAF player, does at the right guard position. I think he's going to do well. I think that's an upgrade over Mike Pearson, person who I like a lot, and he's tough as hell. But he definitely left a lot to be wanted. Uh, hopefully he gets picked up with the team soon. He deserves to be in the NFL. Um, just an awesome guy and gave everything he had. Uh, speaking of which, you know, news today, as you see Richard Sherman coming up uh, to make a tackle. Yeah, Richard Sherman's so great. Um, the 49ers awarded his 90% playtime bonus of $1 million uh, just this morning, which is key because guess what? He did not hit the 90% playtime bonus in his contract so because of that the 49ers had to go and just award him a million dollars extra because he was at like 89 percent playing time but if you want to talk about the things that make the 49ers team so much different than many teams out there they are building a wonderful locker room and relationship between the front office and between the players because here's the deal Imagine being a free agent out there and you want to sign um, 
you know, you want to go sign an incentive-based deal, why not go play for a team that will reward you with the incentive even if you don't hit the numbers? This is huge. It's PR. And, you know, part of this is trying to get people to come join you and join your team because that's what you want. And you get these high-tier uh, priority free agents like Richard Sherman who had no business coming to the 49ers besides money and promise with Jimmy Garoppolo, which were question marks at the point. But he came, and a lot of people followed. And, you know, we're seeing now, you know, in the offseason, guys like Tom Brady who wants to come be with the 49ers. Emmanuel Sanders wanting to stay with the 49ers. You get all these guys that want to come be a part of this because of what they're building is special. And, you know, even the DeForest trade where you sent him away, you allowed a guy to go get top-tier money because you weren't being selfish. Now, obviously, <laughs> it worked out well for the 49ers because they got the 13th overall pick back, but that's a definition of a win-win. You're not screwing these players over. You're not Bill O'Brien who's pissing off the best players on your team just because you're a D-bag. That's not who you are. You're a team that's out there. You're not Adam Gase that's using the media to tear down your superstars to build up your own ego. You don't want to be those guys. And so it's been awesome as we see just this continuation, and it permeates the entire program. There's no leaks. The DeForest Buckner trade started right after the Super Bowl. One week after the Super Bowl is when the Colts and the 49ers were working on a trade. They agreed on the parameters of a trade and compensation. Then the Colts had several weeks to work out a deal with DeForest Buckner and his agent. Nothing was leaked. Nothing was out there. In fact, about an hour and a half before the DeForest Buckner trade details and rumors start coming out. The fan base is in a frenzy saying this is all, you know, ridiculous. It's fake. These Whoever came up with this idea, whatever. And then, boom, it hits. These things never happened whenever you go back to the Trent Baalke, Jim Harbaugh uh, regimes. There were so many leaks. Everybody knew what was going on with our team and all that stuff. And one of the things that I think... John Lynch has been able to control is he has been able to shut that stuff down and control everything in-house. Again, just want to say thank you to everybody that's joining us. If you haven't already, hit that share button. Really appreciate it. And let's keep going through some of these questions. I'm seeing some really good stuff, man. Uh, from GP, in my opinion, what is the biggest team need? Oh, gosh. You know, if we look across, there, there's two different ways to look at this. Okay, the 49ers roster it's it's deep to say the least the depth that they have built all across a lot of this is because of injuries but because of all those injuries there are solid people behind everywhere you know the safety position let's just look at this for a second the safety position was seen as a very big need uh right up until because again we weren't sure if we were going to bring back jimmy ward mr glass well, the 49ers decide, yes, we bring him back on a three-year team-friendly deal, which is really just a two-year deal where if he gets hurt, he's gone. But that's the idea. So you bring him back, okay? We now have four, outside of Jimmy Ward, three young, promising safety prospects. So your starters right now are definitely Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart, which I think Tart was probably the worst starter on the defense um, outside of um, Sheldon Day. But uh, take that for whatever you will. But you have these two guys, and you have two promising 
young and upcoming safeties behind them. Tarvarius Moore, who I think is better than Tart personally. I wish he would start now. And then, uh, you know, Marcel Harris. Now, a lot of people didn't like Harris because whenever he first came in versus Saints, he had a really bad game. But if you look at the game versus the Ravens and then the game versus the Seahawks, he played great. So you've got these four safety prospects, which, man, let's say – a, a top-tier safety like Grant Delpit falls to pick 31. Do you take him? Man, I think that's a luxury pick. and I don't think that that's really a good use of your draft capital. Um, man, you're seeing the play there by Jadavian Clowney uh, getting the sack, strip, fumble, touchdown. Uh, this was a rough game for Staley. Probably Staley's worst game as a pro. Uh, he broke his finger the very first series and tried to play through it. I wish the coaching staff would have done something to get him out of there. But also, you know, uh, Stavian Clowney is a freak. And he has, you know, one or two of these games a year where he just goes off. Uh, he was doing it to McGlinchey as well. Uh, but yeah, Clowney just, just crushed it um, this game. But anyway, back to the question of what are our biggest holes? And let's just let's work defense to offense, and let's go through each position, and let's talk about this. Safety is not a need. You have depth. You've got four guys that could start to play two spots. You're fine. Linebacker, we have the best linebacker rotation in the entire NFL. Our linebacker rotation is so good, Quan Alexander is not going to be a starter. Your starters are going to be Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw with uh, Quan being the Sam, you know, the part-time linebacker, which is what we saw all through the playoffs. And then behind that, you've got a guy like Elijah Lee. Uh, you might let go. You've got Aziz Al-Shahar. Uh, there's a lot of talent at that linebacker core. So I, I don't think we're going to see any linebackers being addressed. Defensive line. Defensive line has some concerns. You let Buckner go. That's a problem. Now you have... Three quality edge players, Bosa, Armstead, and, um, goodness, uh, D. Ford. Those guys are awesome. You could throw Ronald Blair into that category as well if you want to keep him in his role that he's been in for the past two years. That's fine. Interior, these are some concerns. You've got a lot of bodies, but you don't necessarily have a lot of top-tier guys. You've got some guys that are going to have to step up. Um, you know, and if you look just top to bottom at your interior guys, DJ Jones, Sheldon Day, Kevin Givens, Julian Taylor, Earl Mitchell, do you bring him back? Contavious Street, uh, <laughs> who can't stay healthy. You know, those are guys that you could put in there. Demontre Moore is a little bit more of an outside guy who we haven't brought back yet, but. I think the interior spot is something that could be addressed with that number 31 pick. Now, let's just say Derek Brown, the stud defensive tackle coming out of Auburn, is there at the 13th pick. I think he is a player you have to concern. You know, uh, the Draft Network has him as consensus number six overall. Uh, I know Daniel Jeremiah has him in his top eight. Uh, this is a guy that could step in for, you know, the traded DeForest Buckner and start day one, and he's that kind of penetrating three-technique player that could go in there. 6'5", 318, uh, very reminiscent of Indomitian Sioux-type playing style. Um, so uh, interior defensive tackle, that's a spot that could be addressed. Cornerback. Cornerbacks are decent right now. Obviously, have Richard Sherman on one more year. The other side, Emmanuel Mosley with backup Akello Witherspoon. The problem with that is, do you want Akella Witherspoon and Emmanuel Mosley to be your long-term options? You know, Richard Sherman's great. Maybe he's got three more years at corner. Um, I'm not going to doubt him. 
But his next big contract is going to be rough because he has one more year left on his deal. Then you're going to be dealing with restructuring Kittle, who you want to keep over Sherman, and a handful of other options that you're going to, going to want to keep as well. So there's some issues that you're going to have to address long term. And I think it's one of those hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And there's lots of corners, which if you want to talk long-term need versus now, I think corner has to be at the top of the list. And I think the other one, if we jump to the other side of the ball, that's offensive tackle. Okay, uh, Mike McGlinchey, he's going to be here for a while. Joe Staley, really freaking old. <laughs> he hasn't even announced yet if he is planning to come back this year. So, again, talking about that 13 or number 31 pick, offensive tackle has to be up there in priorities. Uh, one, it's a premier position. Two, you do not have long-term sustainability there. Perhaps you see Justin School as a guy that's going to just step in and take over after Staley leaves. I don't feel that way. Um, I do like School, and I hope that he is a longtime 49er as a swing tackle backup. Um, oh man, you're about to see Dante Pettis get hit. This is going to end it for his year. Um, he got healthy after this, but, um, he does not play at all after this play right here. And you see him kind of go down on his shoulder. Uh, there's a couple people out there that think his major injury concern, and that's why he didn't play and whatever else. But make no mistake, Dante Pettis is in the doghouse. He's going to have to use training camp, if there is a training camp, to get out of that. Uh, it's all mentality with him just losing jump balls, um, headspace, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, We'll have to see what happens there. But anyway, back to the positions uh, that GP asked. If you want to look long-term sustainability, you could draft an offensive tackle. You could play him at guard. Again, right guard competing with Brunskill. But I'm fine with Brunskill at guard. But you could draft. You know, There's a couple different guys that you could get, and it depends on what spot you're looking. Let's just say... There are four quality offensive tackles in this draft that are worthy of a top 10 pick. Jedrick, in no particular order. Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa. Makai Becton, just the physical freak out of Louisville. And then Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Those four, those are all guys that could possibly go top 10. Um, now, if one of them falls to the number 13 pick, it would not be a mistake to take them. Um, but anyway, that's just a possibility. Now, let's say you go wide receiver early, and one of the three top wide receivers in Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb falls to you at 13. Now you wait to get down to 31. All those tackles are going to be gone. But there are still very good tackles that fit the perfect system that the 49ers run that are going to be available. Josh Jones out of Houston is probably top of the list. Austin Jackson, uh, USC, and Lucas Nang, Nyang out of TCU. So you've got these three guys that are a very strong possibility at pick 31. So now the question just gets to, if one of those guys are available, do you just say, you know what, let's get our offensive tackle of the future, he can back up or play guard this year. And then when Staley rides off into the sunset after a Super Bowl victory, I might add, they just step in. It's a seamless transition. Um, is it worth doing that? Now, it, personally, I want to stay at 13, get a premier player. Then I want to trade back. I want to trade back from 31, 
get a couple extra picks personally. Um, I don't think that these are players. Maybe Lucas Niang is a guy that's there, but I think Andrew Thomas, um, Josh Jones, Austin Jackson um, are all going to be gone at that time. So, you know, if we're looking again, just to kind of recap where we're at, I think cornerback, I think interior defensive line, and I think offensive tackle, those are three of the biggest concerns. Wide receiver, which we've already talked about, a lot of youth, a lot of quality youth, but outside of Debo, I don't think there's anybody that you're just like, oh, this is a top-tier starter. Um, even Kendrick Bourne, who I like a lot, he has the lowest pa uh, run-blocking grade of all the wide receivers we have. He's the biggest damn guy we got, but he's not a great run-blocker. Um, all he does is catch first downs and touchdowns, which is great. He does have a lot of drops. Is this a guy you want to build on long term? I think that he's a perfect number three, number four, number five wide receiver. I hate that right now he's our number two wide receiver. So I like Kendrick Bourne, and I want him a part of this team. I'm not quite sure I want him as that top-tier guy. Um, nice tackle there by Tart on special teams. Um, very, very nice. Very nice. Um, not the biggest Tart guy. <laughs> um, anyway, so wide receivers are concerned. Tight end. Tight end is a luxury pick. Okay. We have Roz Dwelly as the backup currently. Levine Toilolo's gone. Uh, Selleck retired. He's gone. So right now it's just Kittle and Dwelly, which I like Dwelly much more than it seems like uh, Kyle Shanahan does. Kyle Shanahan just sees him as a backup who should only get playing time if somebody's injured. Um, but whatever. There were rumors he went after Austin Hooper, which if we would have signed Austin Hooper, we would have had the two top tight ends in the NFL uh, money-wise by next year. But we didn't get him uh, anyway. There's rumors the 49ers have gone after or have been targeting uh, Delaney Walker, you know, 49ers legend. Would love to bring him back and also Tyler Eifert. So it, it definitely seems that Kyle Shanahan, who uses the tight end position much more than anybody else, wants to attract this position now here's the problem with the draft it's a pretty crappy tight end draft there are some guys that fit um what kyle shanahan does now here's the deal with tight ends kyle shanahan does not want a tight end that just catches so jimmy graham and guys like eric ebron or whatever those guys are not tight ends to kyle shanahan he sees them as wide receivers he wants a guy that can block and do all the other stuff. Um, you know, one of the targets that I absolutely love in this draft, he's a tight end out of Dayton, um, Adam Troutman. Um, Trotman, I believe is how it's pronounced, not Trout, sorry. Um, he's, he's a guy that I love. The problem is I think he goes in the third round. We don't have a third round pick. Uh, we don't have a fourth round pick. So even if he falls, I don't think that he's going to be there. But Adam uh, Trapman, he is a guy that I think fits perfectly what the 49ers could do. But again, that's a third round, fourth round grade. Um, one of the best plays of the year right here. Love this. Um, when they snatch the ball. Man, what a great game. Uh, Jaquaski Tart, you know, he comes back from his injury. Oh, no, I don't think he's been injured yet. Uh, but he, he just steals the ball from the rookie, DK Metcalf. He stayed in bounds. Fighting for that ball, man, as he comes across. That is awesome. Rips it out of his hands. That is awesome. And again, that's the only turnover Tart had all year. He only had two passes to fence and zero interceptions. And another concern, we have some surefire 
run stopping uh, safety players, they're not turnover machines. Uh, and that's a problem. You, you, uh, you would love the, the one thing that this defense is missing is a run stopping nose, which if DJ Jones is healthy, I think we're good there. And two turnovers at the safety position. Um, we could get those. I think we're going to be fine. So back to tight end. There are some guys that you could target, but there's not. It's going to be, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round where you're going to get somebody that fits what Kyle Shanahan does. This is probably one of the weakest tight end classes that has come out of the draft in, in a long time. Um, so that's a concern. Running back, we're solid. Quarterback, we're solid. Um, fullback. You want to draft, you know, a fullback replacement? I don't think you do because we already have five. <laughs> we have five running backs and um, a fullback, so that's six roster spots there. I think Roz Dwelly will continue to to. He's going to be on this team as the number three tight end probably, and the backup fullback as well, which we saw when uh, Juice went down. So. Again, uh, man, talk about a long answer. Sorry about that, GP. But I think you've got corner, defensive tackle. You've got offensive tackle, tight end, wide receiver. Those are your five positions of dire need. Maybe not dire. That's a bad word. Um, but uh, that you need something. There's question marks there, and you want to see what's going on. And again, you talk about the tight end. The tight end position, the number two tight end for the 49ers, he gets 22% of snaps. That's it. So this is a luxury pick, but... Kyle Shanahan gets what Kyle Shanahan wants, and he loves guys um, that he can kind of tinker with that other teams don't like the two tight end set. So, GP, there's an answer to your question, brother. Hopefully that did, uh, <laughs> went pretty damn long. Um, Nate, I love this question. How many 49ers will be in the NFL top 100? Um, is that still a thing? Yes. The NFL, I'm sure, is going to put this out. It gets a lot of traction in the downtime. The NFL's main goal, is not to put out a great product. It's to constantly be the top talked about sport all year round. They want it to be all year round. And so the way that they have spread out the draft, the combine, free agency, I mean, OTAs, minicamp, all that stuff, there is very little downtime for the NFL. And I think this top 100 players is another wonderful way. My kids love it. So for from a youth standpoint, the top 100 players, they I, I could get my 11-year-old to sit and watch that um, much more so than I could get my 11-year-old to sit and watch a full game. Now, he'll watch a full 49ers game, but like if I just have Monday Night Football on or whatever, he loses interest. But whenever the top 100 players is on, he's I don't know why, he's into it. And whenever we're playing, let's say the 49ers are playing the Seahawks and a Seahawks player makes a good play, he'll ask. He'll say, man, it, was he on the top 100? What number was he? Like Those were questions he would ask right uh, as the season started. So how many of the 49ers will be on there? That's a great question. Let us let's let me jump over. Um, just kind of look at where I think that we should be. Now, first off, wide receiver or quarterbacks are always on there. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's got to be on there. He should be on there. It's got to be pretty high on the list, but I do think Jimmy Garoppolo will be on there. Uh, you don't lead, you know, the second best record in the NFL, make it to the Super Bowl and all those things uh, and not be on the list. I think he's on there. Uh, I, I doubt any of our running backs make the list. Debo Samuel, that dude's going to be on there. He put on a show all freaking year. Um, Joe Staley missed some time, maybe not. Mike McGlinchey, possible. Um, you know, our tight end, he's got to be top 10. 
George Kittle's going to be top 10, period. That's all there is to it. So I think you're going to have three on offense. Now, if we look at defense, we're going to have a lot more guys. <laughs> um, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, and Nick Bosa, they're all going to be on there. They're all going to be on there. No doubt about that. Fred Warner, he's on there. That dude got six all-pro votes, and he was on there previously. He's going to be on there. Richard Sherman, going to be on there. Um, maybe Jimmy Ward deserves to be on there, but probably not. Um, so, But again, you, that's a lot of guys. That is a lot of guys. Um, it, just on the defensive line alone, I don't think D. Ford makes it. He just missed way too much time. But again, just from a defensive standpoint, Bosa, Armstead, Buckner, Fred Warner's four, Sherman's five. So I think you get five on there. Drake Greenlaw might. Um, you know, he was a rookie all-pro, and he made the biggest plays in the biggest games. Uh, that guy, I'm telling you right now, I love Fred Warner. He's one of my favorite players. Drake Greenlaw could be the best linebacker we have. Drake Greenlaw is on this weird trajectory to where he could be one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, I'm telling you right now, if you're buying a jersey and you want that jersey that like everybody's like, oh, dude, I love that jersey, you buy a freaking Greenlaw jersey and every faithful that you see is going to be like, I love that jersey. Because what this kid has done on and off the field, I uh, might add, uh, he's he's a legit dude. Oh, Tevin Coleman just got hurt, but uh, he's going to keep him in there, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so hopefully that answers your question there. Oh, man, we're getting into it. I was wondering how long this would take. From Khalil, John, please address the Odell Beckham Jr. rumors. Yeah, this is a, this is a thing, and it just won't go away. Um, I... I really do appreciate the question, and here's the deal. Odell Beckham Jr. wants to come to the 49ers. That's all there is to it. Kyle Shanahan wants Odell Beckham. We, If we go back to, and I think this is kind of what we need to do, if we go back to the days of Odell Beckham Jr. in New York, we talked with them for a long time trying to get Odell Beckham Jr. to the 49ers. And they got close, but it was just too much compensation. What they wanted was a first-round pick and DeForest Buckner. That's what David Gettleman and his dumbass wanted. Um, sorry, David Gettleman's he's, he's an awful whatever GM for uh, whatever. But Kyle Shanahan was actively pursuing. So anyway, they end up trading. They get a first, a third-round pick, and uh, Julius Peppers. Not Julius Peppers. Um... Damn it. What's his name? The safety out of Michigan. It's Peppers. Anyway, it's not Julius. It's it's another Peppers guy. Whatever. They get three they get a starter and two top tier picks. He goes to the Browns. The Browns, oh my gosh. The <laughs> the Browns are going to Browns. Uh they got a quarterback over there, Baker Mayfield, that people fell in love with. Well, I wish we could rewatch that game right now and see Nick Bosa baptize his children repeatedly, uh his unborn children repeatedly. Um Anyway, I'm not a big Baker fan, but you know they're learning the hard way. You don't win games with skill players; you win games in the trenches. And they had no trench players, and you know the offensive line was trash. Baker Mayfield was even worse, and it just got bad. So now there are conversations out there because, again, make no mistake, 
Okay, Odell Beckham Jr. is the top five wide receiver in this league talent-wise. Now, I understand the production wasn't there last year. I do think he had 1,000 yards, but I get it. He, he had a very, very down year. Now, the asking price for Odell Beckham Jr. has to be lower than what the Browns paid. So they gave up a first, a third, and a starting safety. I don't think that the 49ers could give up that much. Um, now, would I give up the 31 overall pick, the number 31 pick? Yes, I would. I would do that straight up. Um, I, I do believe Od I would prefer Odell Beckham personally over these rookie wide receivers. Um, I love the rookie wide receivers and the difference between drafting somebody like Judy, Henry Ruggs, or C.D. Lamb and Odell Beckham Jr. now. Odell Beckham Jr. is super cheap um, for a wide receiver on this market. And so let me pull up his contract here as I'm talking with you guys just so I can make sure um, I, I don't want to miss represent anything but Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract it really is quite reasonable because it was front-loaded and absorbed by um, David Gettleman who's again stupid so <laughs> if, if you look at the cap hit that he is going to take this year it's only 14 million 15 million um, next year 15 million 2022 15 million 2023 very reasonable uh, numbered Whatever, because again, the Giants took a $41 million cap hit whenever they traded them. $41 million of this contract, which goes all the way till 2023. So you still have four seasons of Odell at a very reasonable wide receiver price. Um, again, and again, $14, 15000000 million. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's not top tier salary money at the wide receiver position. And especially with this new CBA. Uh, you know, if we look at as the game, you know, just went to halftime, let's just look at the top salaries of, you know, the wide receiver position, okay, in the NFL. And I, I think that this kind of will give us a little bit of better perspective on this Odell, uh, on this Odell game. Uh, or where he's at. Let's see here. Wide receiver. Sorry as I pulled this up. But I think it's important because the wide receiver position, there's teams that need him. Does he fit the 49ers system? 100%. Uh, it, it's, it's not even close. But here's the deal. You scroll down. Currently, Odell Beckham Jr. is fifth at $18,000. Okay? But... Even if he's traded, he's not going to cost that much to the 49ers. He's closer to 15, which is all the way down to 13th. And that number does not increase over the next four years. So Julio Jones is at 22. Amari Cooper is at 20. Michael Thomas, 19.2. Tyreek Hill, 18. All these guys are up there. But once you get past this year, his number, by the end of this contract, and I doubt he's going to play out his contract, this is a guy that's going to be the 15th to 20th paid wide receiver. This is a very team-friendly deal because it was so front-loaded. Um, so I think that's something to constantly keep in mind with the 49ers and Odell Beckham is they could afford that deal. They can afford that deal right now just by bringing in trade the number 31 overall pick, and I'd be fine with that. Uh, yeah, I really do think that that is a deal that would be profitable to both teams. Would I pay the 13th overall pick? Hell no. Um, I would not. Unless, man, let's open up our draft trading uh, guru, the old Jimmy Johnson, whatever. Cleveland picks 10. We pick 13. 
Now, the thing that's special about Cleveland, let's see, where's their next pick? They also pick 41. So now we're getting into a little bit of finesse territory. Let's say we give them the 13th overall pick, and they give us back the 41st overall pick in Odell Beckham. Ooh, man, that is a... Still might be a little too rich for my blood. Um, but let's just say I'm the general manager of the 49ers. They call us up right now and say, look, here's what we want. We want number 13. We'll give you Odell and number 41. I, I think I'm going to take that deal. And the reason why I think I'm going to take that deal is because I'm trading for a good contract. I'm trading for a top five talent wide receiver. And three, I don't think Odell's necessarily a bad bad dude. Um, I've never heard one teammate, and he's played on two different teams, that have said one negative thing about him. The media doesn't like him. He's a diva on the, wide, on the sidelines. He's a diva off the court, whatever else. That's fine. So is Richard Sherman. And look how much the faithful has adapted and loved Richard Sherman because he produces. And so I would I would do that deal right now. Um, I'm going to put up a Twitter poll once I'm done with this and see how we're doing. But if you guys are with us, let me know. Would you do that drill? Would you give up the number 13th overall pick for Odell Beckham and get back the number 41st, the second round pick of Cleveland? I would do that deal right now. Um, still get a starter at 41. Um, you have 31 and 41. I would do that trade. Personally, I would. Um, but yeah, so I think the Odell Beckham junior rumors are going to stay around because Kyle Shanahan likes him and he fits this system perfectly. He wants a guy that can run good routes, Odell Beckham check, and is a playmaker ready to take every single play to a touchdown check. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think he fits this as well as any wide receiver in the NFL that's not named Julio Jones. Um, you know, everybody wanted to talk about Stefan Diggs. That is a guy that I think is a problem for a team. Um, on the sidelines, locker room, off the field, everything's public with him. I'm not the biggest Stefan Diggs fan. And I understand there were a lot of rumors, but you look at what they paid, the Bills paid. I'm not paying that. They overpaid for that dude. Uh, but they kind of feel like they have a chance with Tom Brady leaving the AFC uh, East, and they're trying to seize that. So I get that. But uh, we are the leaders in the clubhouse, the 49ers. You don't overpay. You, 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 you were able to get the number 13 overall pick for DeForest Buckner. That's great. Uh, let's capitalize on that bad boy. All right. Let's see here. Uh, from Khalil, he likes Tart. More will see more action this year. I think you're correct there. Um, and, and that's a, Man, here's the thing. GP, this is a great comment. We don't have to draft for need. So what is the player at 13 that you think can make an exciting splash? And here's the thing. You know, the draft is – that's where I got my start. Um, you know, I've, I've made – I think I'm on eight different draft uh, books <laughs> put out. I, I love it. I do my rankings. I think I have 140-plus guys ranked so far this year uh, across positions. And, you know, all my draft reports I think is 50-plus pages. I love the draft. I watch a lot of film. So the problem is always this. Teams always say, draft the best player available. BPA, go get the best guy out there. Focus on that. But whenever teams are on the board, they always draft positions where they have a need. <laughs> and so I do the same thing. You know, I'm a 49ers fan, and I'm watching film. And let's say I'm watching, I don't know, um, 
I'm watching Edge film. Watch, this is a terrible Edge class. I think there's Chase Young, uh, Caleb Von Chason, Utier Gross Motto, uh, Mottos, and I think that's really it. Th those are the guys I have a first-round grade on, okay? Now, the 49ers are loaded at Edge. I think we have four quality Edge guys in Ronald Blair, uh, Eric Armstead, D. Ford, and Nick Bosa. No particular order. Now, if, let's just say hypothetically, Caleb Von Chason is there at 13. Am I going to be mad if we take him? No, but I don't think it's going to happen because this is a guy that's not going to get much playing time whenever you have all this other... It's a premier position. I have him ranked higher than Jerry Judy um, in my rankings, so I don't have a problem taking him, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the 49ers are going to do it. So, yes, best player available is huge, but... If you are looking at a player that's going to have the most impact uh, play right now, I think you've got to throw in guys like Javon Kinlaw, the interior defensive lineman out of South Carolina, because he would step in right now, and his, his tape matches it. Um, he's a top 15 player. I think he, he's one of those players. And again, those three wide receivers that we talked about. Now, two guys I haven't mentioned today. I think there's three top-tier cornerbacks. Jeffrey Akuda out of Ohio State, who I don't think is going to be there by the time the 49ers pick. C.J. Henderson, quarterback out of Florida. He's a lot of fun to watch. Little weak in the run game. And then Christian Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. Now, he's also a little weak in the run game. But the thing that makes him special is his ceiling is stupid high. Um, he's got some red flags, injuries, uh, tampered with the drug test, which, you know, in the new CBA, that's not going to play a big role into that. But, man, I, you got to love Christian Fulton and C.J. Henderson. So you, you're talking about guys that could come in right now. I think either of those two corners, Christian Fulton, C.J. Henderson, Javon Kinlaw, those guys got to step up. The wide receiver rookie year, usually a big delay. This is Be honest. Wide receivers their rookie year usually don't translate, especially if you look at wide receivers of the first round. Now, it may be C.D. Lamb, uh, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs are different species of wide receiver than we've seen. I, I, I rank them a lot higher than wide receivers we've had in the past, but we haven't seen it that much in the NFL. We've seen a lot more second and third round wide receivers, guys like Debo Samuel, uh, guys like Terry McLaurin, guys like DK Metcalf, guys like AJ Brown. Those type of guys make an impact. First round wide receivers, not so much. Um, so why is that? You go back to the draft where we had three wide receivers go in the top 10. Um, they have done nothing. <laughs> you had Mike Williams. You had... Um, Corey Davis, and then you also had John Ross. So is this that type of draft? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> certainly hope not, but uh, th those are definitely some possibilities. So uh, hopefully that gives you some guys that can make a huge impact. Now, Derek Brown, who I mentioned earlier, inside defensive lineman for Auburn, drops to the 49ers at 13. That's the one player where need best player available um ceiling high floor high ceiling everything position of need all those things if Derek brown i think he's the one guy where if you could put anybody else on the board and i i put isaiah simmons jeff Akuda, whatever else Derek brown would be the one player where i would say i don't care 
Who else is up there? I want Derrick Brown. Uh, now, what about the number one player in everybody's board? That's Chase Young, the edge player. Chase Young's amazing. He's my number one player on my board. I've got Derrick Brown sitting there, number four player on my board. Why would I take Derrick Brown over Chase Young? I have four quality edge players that are signed for a long time. Long time. Why would I go at a fifth edge player whenever I still don't have a quality top tier interior guy? I don't know. I think I'd take D it. I think I'd take Derek Brown. I think he'd be my number one choice. I don't think the 49ers are going to be faced with this dilemma, but uh, I, I think that's kind of where we're at. Um, I, I love me some Derek Brown. I think he's a stud. All right, let's see. Jabril Peppers, thank you. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, now, uh, a couple other things uh, from GP. That's why you're beast, John. Appreciate the kind words. You have done your homework. I think the Niners go tackle at 13, wide receiver at 31 or trade, and then depth all the rest of the way. I like that thinking. You know, a lot of people want Denzel Mims later at pick 31. So if you don't go wide receiver at pick 13, I think Denzel Mims is an option, but I don't think he's got to be there by pick 31. Um, the trade back at 31 is just, man, it seems so nice. Uh, get a second and an early fourth or a second and a late third. Yeah, I would, that's, that's where this draft sweet spot is. I think it's top 14. And then after that, between player 15 to player 50, I don't think there's much of a difference, you know, depending on the position you're looking for. But that's why I don't want to trade back at pick 13, because I think there's there's a fall off, you know, after J Javon Kinlaw and Christian Fulton. I think there's just a huge drop. So if you could get one of those guys. At pick 13, then you're OK. You can splash in some quarterbacks who I've rated later, you know, Jordan Love, um, you know, Justin Herbert. I don't think the 49ers, those are even an option no matter what. But so th that pushes down some top tier talent, maybe to 15, 16. But uh, again, I want to stay put. I want a top tier premier player that's going to play now at pick 13 that's what i want and we're not going to be picking in the top 15 in a long damn time and we have no business picking up there now but uh the deforce buckner trade kind of made that a possibility uh pick 31 you could drop back i don't think there's a big difference between 31 and 41 again going back to cleveland with where they're picking um you're going to be able to get a quality starter there that fills a need um and some top tier talent just with question marks on there all right, let's see here. Let's get into just a couple more questions. Uh, Nate, even if we get OBJ, could we even afford his contract? I think we talked about the contract there. Uh, I think we're good there. $15 million. We'd be able to swing that just fine with Marquise Goodwin leaving. Um, so you could. You would have to make a couple of difficult uh, financial decisions elsewhere. But uh, I, I think you'd be just fine because the long-term numbers on his contract are so easy. Um, anyway, from both. Um, I, I love this. Bo Falcon, who's setting up this broadcast, and he's the man behind the scenes. Thanks, Bo. Uh, we Bears fans won our pick back from the Trubisky draft trade. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the Bears, this is a fun one. And I, I want to go back and look at this because it, it's, a, it's a fun trip down the rabbit hole. Thanks, Bo. I appreciate this. We go back to the Solomon Thomas, you know, Trubisky trade, which, ah, not a Solomon Thomas fan, okay? I am as a human. I think he's great. This was a terrible draft bust, whatever else. But here's the deal. The 49ers, they finesse this into a major win. 
so let, let's just reset the stage okay it's 2017 two days before or it's right up to draft time and we get a draft trade uh, it was i was sitting outside this was great this is an absolute blast it was such a fun draft anyway the 49ers trade the second overall pick to the bears and they get a first round the number third overall which they selected solomon thomas then they got a third round pick in 2017 and a fourth round pick and then a third round pick in the next year's draft we wasted so much okay so just f first off solomon thomas that it was a waste it, it's costed us over nine million dollars for a situational player that's in the bottom of defensive tackles and defensive ends on pro football focus we lost now that third round pick we never used, we traded that for Alvin Kamara. So what happened was we traded that pick to the Saints, then we got a 2018 second rounder, okay? We're going to use that second rounder on Dante Pettis. We lost that one too so far. That's okay. Fourth round pick, we traded that away uh, to for Tedrick Thompson. We never used that. But the 2018 third round pick that we got, and again, this was all Parag. This was Parag and John Lynch because we had a pre-draft day trade arranged with the Chicago Bears. We were going to get a first, third, and fourth. That's what we were going to get. Um, we were going to get the number three overall and then their third and their fourth round pick. That's what we were going to get. They jump on the phone as we're on the clock, and they say this. And you can go back through. Peter King detailed this. It was awesome because uh, he was in the draft room that day, and he just went through everything what happened. So they jump back on the phone. We're on the clock, and they say, look, other teams are talking about trading up. We want an additional third next year. And they said no. And they're like, that's fine. And, I mean, they totally bluffed this bad boy. Maybe other teams were trading up. Who knows? But the Bears say, let's do the deal. So they add a 2018, the next year after that, third round pick. Guess who that turned into be? Fred mother effing Warner, baby. We got an all-pro Mike Linebacker. Uh, <laughs> in addition, just because our front office, Parag Morante and John Lynch, finessed the Bears. And so, unfortunately, the Bears did what they did, and they picked Mitchell Trubisky, who, oh my gosh, has been practicing social distancing with his football uh, passing accuracy since he entered the draft. I, I do believe he's the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Sorry, Bo, not trying to throw shade, but at least you got Nick Foles now. Uh, I guess that's a good thing. Um, I don't know if it is or not. But, yeah, so we were able to turn that trade into Solomon Thomas and Fred Warner. Um, I, it's crazy to look back at that draft and think that the Bears had, and they've gotten a lot of flack for this, that the Bears had Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and, sure enough, Patrick Mahomes. That's nuts. It just makes no sense to me. I'm sure Bo's going to cut this off now. But anyway, just wanted to say, appreciate the comment there. Um, let's see here. Khalil. Um, Arizona has just handed uh, Hopkins. Yeah, that's a... I, I hate Bill O'Brien with the passion because he helps every team in the NFC West besides the 49ers. Uh, he gave away Dwayne Brown and Jadavian Clowney uh, to the Seattle Seahawks. He gives away Hopkins to the, the Cardinals. I, I just don't get it all for peanuts. I don't know how he has lost six trades. Man, awesome play right there by Buckner. That is, uh, sorry, by Nick Bosa. Gets a sack if you're watching on NFL Network. That was awesome. Kid's good. Kid is really, really, really good. Um, 
I, I don't really know what else to say besides Nick Bosa is going to be around for a long, long time, and we are very lucky to get him. Uh, anyway, that's what it is. Yeah, Antonio Brown. Uh, he's back in the conversation in the NFL thanks to Tom Brady. Uh, basically what happened is the the rumor has it that Tom Brady, every single team that he went to, um, basically said, I want um, Antonio Brown to be a wide receiver with me. Now, how, how accurate is that? I don't know. Uh, but I, I do think that it is a possibility. And so if that if that's the case, first off, he's still not cleared by the NFL. Uh, they're, the NFL came out and they released a thing. We're not going to clear him because he still hasn't followed what we've asked him to do. They asked him to turn over some uh, phone records. They asked him to turn over a whole bunch of different stuff, and he refused to do all that because he had the two cases that were being settled out, outside of court, uh, domestic violence, abuse, whatever you want to call that with women. Those are the main issues. Now, two... Roger Goodell is butthurt at all times, and he does not forget things. And if you make him look bad, he's going to come back and get you. So because of that, um, <laughs> if you go back through Antonio Brown's tweets and all that kind of stuff, it was a major concern uh, attacking owners, attacking coaches, attacking quarterbacks, attacking everybody. I don't think that he seems like he's in a little bit better place now. I'm sure he will be back, and if he comes back anywhere, it's going to be with Tampa Bay. Um I think Tom Brady and you know uh, their coach down there, Bruce Arians. I think those are about the only ones that can kind of step up and help uh, that guy. So I don't think the 49ers are going to be a spot. But man, nice catch there by Debo. Uh, Jimmy G was throwing some some aces this game. It, the interception early was rough, but man, there a lot of dropped passes. Gosh, you wish you could just throw it to Debo so much more. Imagine if you did add a playmaker like Judy, Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, Odell Beckham Jr. to this team. I already think that we have the best roster in the NFL. I think the Saints are up there. I really do. I think the Saints are a very, very good roster. But after that, I think that there's there are teams like the Chiefs, uh, the Ravens, you know the Seahawks. They have a lot more holes on their roster, but their superstars overcome more. You know, you look at guys like Patrick Mahomes, which we saw in the Super Bowl. They could store 21 points in seven minutes. Uh, same with the Ravens, but they have holes in their rosters that can be taken advantage of. The run game would have worked, uh, should have worked better for the 49ers. They averaged so, uh, over five yards per carry, but uh, just quit running it. Anyway, I want to get off that topic before I get mad. Um, anyway, uh, appreciate it. Um, I take John Ross. A lot of people are asking this. I saw this float around on Twitter. I think it was, you know, uh, BD Peacock, you know, friend of the show, uh, Brian Peacock. He's awesome. He does the Locked On 49ers. Um, he said, who would trade John Ross? For Dante Pettis straight up, who says no? <laughs> I like that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I'd take it. I, I would take it at this point. I think a change of scenery would be good for both those players. But, um, anyway. Anyway, we're going to take a quick 30-second break. I'm going to run to the restroom. Be right back. So just keep this feed open. We will be right back. Um, be with you guys in just a second.
All right, welcome back, guys. Um, hopefully, you are enjoying this. And man, you know, you watch this game, and you just see how close this game was. You know, you, you hear the axiom or whatever you want to call it, the saying, "Man, football is a game of inches," and they're not lying. <laughs> you you see these constant plays between these two teams, and both of them came down to the wire. Both of them. Could have went the other way. Uh, 49ers definitely should have won both of them. I feel like the 49ers are a way better team than the Seattle Seahawks. The only difference is Seattle Seahawks have Russell Wilson. Um, and, you know, I'm not a Russell Wilson fan, but that guy, he's really damn good. And whenever it comes down to the wire, he just makes plays. Uh, it's, it's what it is. But, you know, you see plays like that, which just happen and just – you know, interceptions that go right off the hands of, you know, players and whatever else. I, I mean, yeah. if you're in the team of, hey, let's get a wide receiver, this is the play, and this is the game that you got to watch. And, you know, I've gone back through and I've watched the entire season again. And, you know, as, as I love that NFL Network's playing these good games, and it's going to be predominantly all wide receiver, all games by the 49ers just because they were so close. But Kendrick Bourne, I mean, do you put it on him because he dropped this pass? This wasn't the only one that he had. But, ah, dang, that's huge. That's huge. That's a game changer. That's a game changer, unfortunately. Um, yeah, a couple other things real quick I want to jump into. <laughs> um, it's what it is, Bo. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that just a little bit, but it's what it is. Now, let's go back and, you know, I talked a little bit about Jerry Judy earlier in the draft and what I want out of that wide receiver position if the 49ers do stand pat. Let's talk about the other two options. And if you guys have some more questions, please do not hesitate to throw those up there. But let's talk about the other wide receiver Alabama, um, out of Alabama, Henry Ruggs third. This kid, um, I was expecting, you know, I knew he was a speed guy. And he, he ran a 4.27 at the Combine, which is nothing to <laughs> squawk at. He, he's crazy fast. And we talked about John Ross earlier. There's a big difference between John Ross and Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is a great wide receiver who happens to be fast. John Ross is a really fast guy who happens to play wide receiver. There's a big difference. Henry Ruggs is a freak athlete. And so not just speed. Okay, this guy has a 42-inch vertical, and if you have not seen Henry Ruggs' basketball highlights from high school, you should do yourself a favor and go watch that. Uh, Tomahawk, 360 dunks, between the legs, alley-oops, the dude can explode. 42-inch vertical, 10 and 11-inch broad jump. So if you if you look at you know the numbers that Jerry Judy put up, this dude jumps a full foot, foot further than Jerry Judy. So uh, he is the definition of explosive athlete. So yes, fast, but also a freak athlete as you know, I got a touchdown right there. Dang it. That was a perfect pass to Hollister, um, but just a three yard touchdown pass there. Very, very frustrating, but that was just, that's what it is. Um, oh, anyway. So uh, back to Henry Ruggs, home run threat on every, every single play. He's a two year starter. Now, the question on him is, he was never the number one guy. 
Now, is he going to be the number one guy at the next level? Who knows? You know, Jerry Judy was the guy that got most of the attention. But Henry Ruggs is a guy that does exactly what you want. He's a deep ball extraordinaire, and you just get the ball at his hands. He does a lot of end around, screen passes, all that kind of stuff, whatever else. Now, the issue um, that you might have is, well, is he just a speed guy? Well, here's the deal. Jerry Judy had seven drops on 234 targets. Henry Ruggs had one drop on 139 targets. His hands are better than Jerry Judy's. He's got one of the best drop rates in the entire country. He averages 10 and a half yards after the catch. So once he gets the ball in his hands, you better watch out. Uh, Jerry Judy, 7.8 yards after the catch. Henry Ruggs is explosive before he gets the ball. He's explosive after he gets the ball. Um, his average depth of target is 11.7. Again, deep ball. Uh, you know He's not catching a lot of short routes, even though he does do some screens and stuff. But the kid is crazy. And again, you talk about his speed. He ran a 4.27 and was pissed off. He was very disappointed. Like He wanted the all-time record. Uh, you, you look at what he's been able to do going back to his high school days. He broke the all-time record in the state of Alabama in the 100-meter dash. He ran a 10.42. This is Henry Ruggs. The dude is nuts. And the comp, the comp that I used for him, uh, it was two players. And one of them's very familiar to 49ers fans. Pierre, Pierre Garçon, but faster. And Garcon was fast, super fast, in fact. But he was faster than him. Santana Holmes is another guy, but more explosive. I, I couldn't really find a good one. Um, he's got huge hands, 5'11", 188, 10 and 1 8 inch hands, 30 and a, uh, 5 8 inch arms. Henry Ruggs might be, and, you know, the best wide receiver out of this class. Yeah, I, I have what's called tiered rankings where I put these three guys, and you can pick your order, okay? Henry Ruggs, I have Jerry Judy, and I have C.D. Lamb. So it's not so much like, oh, you have Ruggs over Judy. That's not a thing. Don't do that. I, I don't necessarily have them over one another. I have them all, like, right there. It's just what you want. Do you want the route runner? Then you go Judy. Do you want explosive, deep speed, which Kyle Shanahan has a premium on? Um, Henry Ruggs is Marquise Goodwin, on steroids, he's just as fast, uh, except he's a better wide receiver. His routes are great. He's wonderful versus press coverage. Uh, so, you know, Henry Ruggs is a guy, I don't think he's a consolation prize. And I think there are going to be several teams that have Henry Ruggs as their number one overall wide receiver. Uh, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, who's a draft guy that I really, really respect, um, he said, look, if you ask teams, if you ask defensive coordinators, who you don't want drafted in your division, over half of them are going to say Henry Ruggs. They're not going to say Judy. They're not going to say Lamb. They're going to say Henry Ruggs is a guy that will keep me up at night because he is so damn scary. Um, and so because of that, in today's NFL, you look at the Chiefs, you look at you know Kyle Shanahan, you look at the Rams, you look at these teams that are put a premium on this after the catch and speed and playmakers and stuff like that. There's going to be a lot of teams that have Henry Ruggs the number one wide receiver in the class, and I don't disagree with any of them. I, I really, really don't. And now we're up to our third option. As you know, the, the, this game is jumping back and forth. You know, the Seattle Seahawks are up now fourteen to ten. And gosh, <laughs> such a good game. As you know, another offensive line bust there. 
but uh, that's what it is. C.D. Lamb. He's my number one overall wide receiver. But there's some problems, okay? Um, he is not the best route runner. Now, you look at the combine, and he ran the best routes of almost anybody there. He looked exceptional. The problem was, while he was at Oklahoma, they don't run the full route tree. It's very much a air raid offense that's very, very different. So he's going to have a learning curve at the next level. But again, you saw what C.D. Lamb did at the Combine. Again, you're wearing shirt and shorts. You're not going against anybody. He is so fluid. Um, you know, what I put for my uh, kind of title for what C.D. Lamb does is Gumby, but with ball skills. The dude bends, you say wow a lot. And so as I'm, I'm watching film, like I'll type things in there just like, okay, highlight real catch artist. Wow. Oh my gosh, he just did another one. Body control. You know, and so I, ha I keep these in my notes. It, it just every single game you watch, and I'm a Longhorn fan. I'm a Texas Longhorn guy, you know, born and raised in Texas. And so it's frustrating for me because I've seen this guy just trash Texas time after time after time and now you could say well yeah of course cd lamb's good and his stats are amazing look at who he's played with he was the best wide receiver for two heisman trophy winners and <laughs> you look at uh, jalen hurts this year so he was there with baker um he was there with kenneth murray or kyler murray and he was there with hurts as well so there's definitely yeah he's played with some great quarterbacks but the question comes back to it's the jerry rice joe montana thing did Jerry Rice make Joe Montana? Did Joe Montana make Jerry Rice? Or did they make themselves both better? Uh, and I think that's the, the correct answer is, yeah, they're both great. They both showed they could be great without the other one. But they were both at their greatest when they had each other. And so C.D. Lamb is a guy that can create on his own. He's much more of a Reggie Wayne, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's not the speedster. He ran a 4.5, which is great for him. I was thinking he was going to be 4.6. Uh, six foot, 298 pounds, 34 and a half inch vertical. So he's not near the athlete of Henry Ruggs. He's much closer the um, speed to Jerry Judy, but a little bit more explosive athlete. But the thing that makes him so special, when the ball is in the air, he might be one of the best in the NFL now. Um, yeah, we're seeing another play here. Uh, strip sack. Gosh, I hate that, man. And again, we've seen Clowney. This is the, the best game of his entire career. He won NFC. He won Defensive Player of the Week right here. But he's going against McGlinchey now. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with Clowney. It does look like he is going to be staying in uh, Seattle. He was hoping to get $20 million a year somewhere. Seattle, the latest rumors are they offered him $18.5 million a year. Um, so it does seem like he's going to stay in Seattle, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I hate that he did it to both Staley and McGlinchey. Now, I will say this. When we played them week 17, we didn't see it near as much. <laughs> so, th so they stepped up there, uh, which, is, which is great. Um, anyway, and now we go back to the, the draft profiles of C.D. CD Lamb. Possession catcher to a T. Um, fights harder than any other player on the field every single play. Uh, his speed is not insane, but he loves to block. 
And he always goes all out, refuses to be tackled, does not go out of bounds. Bully, despite only weighing 190 pounds, snatches the ball out of the air. Uh, some of the best hands in the draft. The dude, 11 yards after the catch. And it's not with speed. It's with agility. He can cut in and out, which is great. 26 missed tackles. Second best in all of college football. The dude, you get the ball to him, and he just gets it. Um, 12 out of 22 deep balls caught. So balls that travel 20-plus yards in the air. He caught 12 of them. At 13.2 average depth of target. The dude is a deep ball specialist. You just throw it to him. And I really hope he goes to a team that has a quarterback that will just throw 50-50 balls because the dude's just going to catch them. Um, so, like, whenever I was watching tape, I was like, I don't care. C.D. Lamb's my number one wide receiver. The problem is I'm a 49ers fan, and Kyle Shanahan has a premium on route running. You can't say C.D. Lamb, he's, he, he, he measures very low on the route running scale. Um, and because of that, I don't think the 49ers are going to have him as their number one. Now, maybe they saw enough at the combine, but you're talking about a guy who has not ran an advanced route tree at all and will have to learn a lot of brand new things uh, going into the NFL. So he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve because he's never going to have the generated space that you saw them have at OU. But his skill set, holy freaking crap. You get C.D. Lamb the ball, and it's 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 what it is. Um, so you have these three guys, you know, who I think the 49ers would have. It'd be Judy and Ruggs, then Lamb's th Lamb third. But you you're not going to be upset with any of them. I, I really don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, now let's jump back into just a couple other questions. See what else you guys got for me. <laughs> Khalil, talk about the outbreak. Yeah, it's rough, man. Um, you know, and let's, why not discuss it? Because that's why we're all here. The reason why we're inside watching, you know, replay of games and not pro days and mock drafts and all that stuff is, yeah, we're all stuck. You know, we're, we're California. You know, I'm based out of Pasadena. I'm in LA. And so, yeah, we're on lockdown. We've been on lockdown for a few days now. It's rough. You know, the, the one good thing I can say is free agency has provided a little bit of relief. Um, you know, trying to do as much of the podcast as, as possible, which is hard with, you know, homeschooling two kids, uh, I got the wife working from home as well, and I'm still teaching. So <laughs> I, I'm a teacher full time as well. And we have the virtual classroom set up. And so, you know, I'm hosting classes every single day as well. So it, it's, it's been, you know, a lot of, and I'm very, very fortunate. I'm not trying to complain. A lot of people are not working right now. Uh, this has made me work much longer much harder and much more time um, i'm very thankful that i'm still getting paid i'm not trying to complain at all that's not what it is at all but it, it is hard <laughs> you know i can i can say this as a teacher as 120 plus students teaching my two kids a thousand times harder i uh, got to give it up to the wife who has been just doing exceptional things creating schedules and helping the kids and all that stuff but um yeah it's it's been it's been a challenge and, you know, I know some people that help out with the 49ers Rush podcast, they're struggling at home too. And, you know, if you look at the timeline of Italy and South uh, Korea, I, I think those are kind of the keys for when things get back to normal. South Korea announced about three days ago 
that they're going to resume basketball games here in about three weeks. And so if you follow from the first kind of major exposure of the coronavirus and then you multiply that out by about uh, nine to ten weeks, which South Korea is ahead of us by about a month, um, you can kind of see where that's going to go. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, with where we are now, we're still six to seven weeks out from things getting somewhat close to normal, hopefully that is the, the situation but uh yeah you're talking you know otas and mini camps and all that stuff the draft that stuff's gone we, we've lost that that's done um you know i was talking to a couple old coaching buddies who are trying to come out uh we're wanting to come out and just spend a weekend out in california at the beach you know they're back in texas still coaching and so we were going to do something june july we're pushing that back to august but plane tickets are so cheap right now we're like hey come on <laughs> let's buy the tickets it's 80 bucks round trip might as well do it and so we're, we're going to try to plan for that and if you lose it it's a wash but you know it's kind of where it is but hopefully things get better um but until things get better please stay inside be smart um find ways to get out of your house that are safe for everyone you know if you look at the california uh, proposal that they put out there it said go on hikes. It said walk your dog, but just stay the hell away from everybody. Um, so stay inside as much as possible. But if you've got to get out, do it in a smart way. Um, stay away from people. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ruggs is a speed de demon. Ruggs is like Tyreek Hill, Deshaun Jackson. I think so too. Uh, but he's much bigger. You know, Henry Ruggs, 5'11, 188. And the dude. Like, he's not weak. <laughs> he, he's a strong dude. And so you watch, you know, his basketball stuff and all that. It's it's pretty impressive what he does. He's not just a speed guy, Henry Ruggs. Um, all right, a couple other people brought up. I like this, GP. What do you think about Donovan Peoples-Jones? Could he be a mid-round steal? Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is interesting, okay? I have him rated a lot higher than other people. I have him in my third tier of wide receivers. Um, I have a second round grade on him. I don't think he's going in the second round. And if you want to draft Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Michigan, you are projecting him because you didn't see much. Uh, the Harbaugh Michigan team, very underperforming on offense. His better days are ahead of him. You know, he's a three-year starter. He was the number one player. Like, Here's the thing. Donovan Peoples-Jones was the number one player coming out of high school for the country, for the entire country, at wide receiver athlete. He goes to Michigan, and they don't use him. Uh, you know, He only had 103 receptions as a three-year starter. So you're talking about a guy that's getting 30 to 40 catches a year, and that's it. Um, now, how do you measure uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones against somebody like C.D. Lamb who's you know getting 100 catches a year this guy's getting 100 catches over three years but you see the highlights you see the measurements you see the testing and you just say okay this guy has all the traits of a top tier playmaker at the nfl level at the wide receiver position he has them he has them all the metrics all match up the problem is why could he not do it at the college level and this is what you have to measure is it because uh, the system is 100% because he played with terrible quarterbacks or what? I mean, you look at what makes him so special is his athleticism and his explosiveness. Um, this is a guy with a 44 and a half inch vertical, 11 foot seven broad jump. This guy jumped a foot and a half further 
<laughs> than Jerry Judy. Uh, a 4'4'8", 33.5 inch arms. I mean, he has 6'2", 212. There's nothing this guy has that you're like, hmm, what's about that? Off the field. But once he gets on the field, that changes. Um, he's 89th percentile or better in arm length, hand size, vertical, broad jump, uh, 40. He's got it all. But he only forced four missed tackles on the whole year. That's 306th. This is a guy with punt returner, kickoff returner upside that can shift and juke out a whole team. But why the hell did he only force four missed tackles in the Big Ten? Um, why is his drop rate what it is? He had four drops on 170 targets. You know, we go back to to Ruggs. He had similar target level, but only one drop. Um, 5.3 yards after the catch, not great. And so even if you look at the smaller sample size and say, okay, well, he, he didn't get that many targets. But on the receptions he did get, he didn't do much with it. Um, so the lack of production is key. Um, athleticism, he's a first-round pick. But production-wise, you're talking fourth or fifth rounder. So if you're a team that has a bright, offensive-minded coach, the mentality is going to be different. The mentality is going to be, I'm better than the coach that he had. They just didn't use him correctly. Uh, now, where do I think he'll go? I think he'll go in the third or fourth round. Again, you look at the 49ers, let's just say hypothetically, you decide not to go wide receiver early. You don't trade for Odell Beckham. You get uh, Derek Brown falls, Javon Kinlaw, whatever. You trade out a 31, get an interior a center to step in or something, whatever. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy you can get, but he is a project. Um, you know, we just saw Debo with another drop. You know, he was leading the NFL in drops, I think, by week 12 uh, before he started to fix that issue. He got a lot better. Uh, Debo is going to have to take strides because he, there's no doubt he's the best wide receiver on the team next to George Kittle. But he's going to see a lot more attention in 20, 2020 than he did this year. Uh, this was Breida's worst game. Um, Breida's going to disappear after this game. And, and you just saw the body language and all those things. I think Breida's going to stay a 49er. But... Man, it's it's a concern. Um, you know how somebody goes from lead running back for the 49ers to not getting a one carry in the Super Bowl. Um, but then the 49ers tender him with a second round pick, so they want him back. It's interesting to say the least. Ah, got tipped right there, man. That would have been nice. But anyway, back to Donovan Peoples Jones. I like him. I really, really do. Uh, the three people that kind of come to mind for his athletic profile and playing style: Miles Boykin. Um, Ravens rookie Darius Slayton, um, the Giants rookie that had a great year, Josh Doxson out of TCU, um, who has been terrible. He's already out of the NFL, but his athletic profile was just nuts. So is this a guy that you can trust? Again, number one player coming out of high school. Um, you know, he, he won all state for the four by 100 relay. He was a hundred meter champion in track with a 10.9. This dude is a freak, but why Why did it never click? Um, and so a team that misses out on the top-tier wide receivers, I think this is a guy with a really high ceiling and a low floor that somebody's going to take a chance on. Oh, here's another one of those quarterback slide late plays. I hate that crap, man. Can't stand it. Anyway, can't stand it. 
Moving on. Uh, what do you think of Antonio Gandy Golton? Yeah, this is a fan favorite. And he's a fan favorite just because he's so damn tough. You know, you look at whatever he was able to put out there. There's a reason why everybody likes him. And I totally get it. He's out of Liberty, six foot four, two twenty four. So for the the camp that's like, man, why don't we have a big bodied wide receiver? Yeah, this guy's got it. Now he's four six forty. He's not a speed guy, but he's very very fast. Now the problem I have with Gandy Golden is this. You know, he did the three cone testing um, at the combine, and he ran a seven point three three. If you want to look at a metric that Kyle Shanahan circles before anything else. It's that three cone. Anything over seven is bad. Now, he's a bigger guy, so think about DK Metcalf, things like that. Um, this is a very bad time if you're looking for shifty wide receivers. Now, he's a bigger guy, so perhaps Kyle Shanahan will kind of wave that off as, well, all right, he's a bigger guy. That's not what we want him for. Uh, great ball skills down film. Um, seems to make a big play. Almost every, every every game you watch, you're just like, oh, dang, that was a big play. Uh, and so, you know, he's playing for a team. How do I say this? Liberty University. I mean, it's a paper mill. It, it's not a real um, – anyway, I don't want to get too much into it, but it, it's not a great academic program. Uh, they do get a whole bunch of talent in there athletically. But the problem is this. The competition they played against, it's not great either. And so you've got a jump ball specialist. Now his film is good. And so you, you like to see that. Um, but again, it hit the team that he played, and you can go watch his film on YouTube. Oh, what a play. This is the double sack strip fumble touchdown. Down 11 points in the fourth quarter. Let's get at it. Uh, man, I love D-Buck. I love DeForest Buckner. God, he's great. Um, the double <laughs> strip sack Fumble ring. <laughs> that is awesome. Anyway, back to Antonio Gandy Golden. You see a guy play against inferior competition and dominate, which you like. And then you finally get to see him play against, you know, um, a D1 school like Virginia, and he disappears. So there's questions in the fact of, all right, you, you can see him dominate against middle school kids. That's fine. Lower tier talent, that's fine. But once he gets up against guys that are, you know, top tier athletes, he disappeared. So that's a major question mark. I think he's a guy that's going to go kind of fifth, sixth round. There are a lot of wide receivers that have that kind of size that you you kind of want. Um, and, and so if you're in the kind of realm of, man, I want a big giant tight end. Um, you're going to have those guys. Justin Jefferson in the first round, LSU, he's 6'3". Uh, T. Higgins, he was 6'2". Uh, here, I'm on the wrong site. They have their, they have the wrong heights listed on there for that. So let me go through my notes. Just These are the top uh, kind of height-wide receivers. Jerry Judy, 6'1". Look, that's awesome, that two-point two conversion. 49ers are killing it, man. This is awesome. Um, anyway, uh, Justin Jefferson, he's going to be 6'1". Donovan Peoples-Jones, 6'2". Denzel Mims, who we haven't talked about today, 6'3", 207. I, I think that this guy, he is a very real possibility at pick number 31 if the 49ers don't go wide receiver um, with that 13th pick. T. Higgins came in at 6'4". Um, he tested terribly. His pro day was better, but uh, T. Higgins, uh, he was bad everywhere. 
I think he had one of the lowest verticals of any wide receiver drafted, I think, in a few years. So a lot of people were on T. Higgins earlier. I'm all the way off <laughs> the T. Higgins train. Uh, you know, there were some videos that came out saying he ran a 4-4. The official time of those videos they sent was like a 4-5-8 or something. So the speed's not great. Uh, it's not a big concern. I'm not a T. Higgins fan. I'm just going to be honest. Um, it's a possibility he goes in the late first, early second. Not for me. I do not want him. Um, there's just a lot of major question marks with what that guy put up uh, personally. And I think that he's already played with the best quarterback he's ever going to have and uh, Tre Trevor Lawrence. So uh, anyway, take that for what you want. Chenault, another guy that tested poorly, 6'1". Uh, K.J. Hamler, I'm completely out on at Penn State. He's only five foot nine. Um Anyway, he just drops the ball way too much. 12 drops. Uh, he had a 17% drop rate. No thank you. Now, back to tall wide receivers. Colin Johnson out of my school, Texas. Six foot six. Love this guy. Um, Four-year starter. Tough as hell. Acrobatic catches like crazy. Went through some injuries, but he doesn't drop anything. And he catches just freak uh, rate. So if you want a deep ball specialist, Colin Johnson's a guy you can get in the third or fourth round. Really, really like him. He's a legit 6'6". Six, six. Um, I really, really like that cat. Um, going with tall guys, Van Jefferson coming off a Jones fracture 6'1". He's going to fall considerably. Brian Edwards, again, another guy coming off an injury. 6'3". He's fun to watch. Michael Pittman. This is one I love. I love me some Michael Pittman. Six foot four, two twenty-three out of USC. And you know, he ran a four five two. Really like everything he put up. So if you want to wait on wide receiver to, to until the third round, Michael Pittman is a guy I have highlighted. I wouldn't mind taking him in the second round. Uh, but again, 49ers don't have a second, third, or fourth pick. But those are guys that I just ugh, they are awesome. Um, so anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. I will be back in about 30 seconds or so. We will be right back. Keep that feed going. We're not going anywhere. All right, welcome back. As this game continues, we are now in the fourth quarter, and it's a three-point game. Um, you know, you're getting into the part where we saw the 49ers do everything. You know, the question after we went 9-0, and we look at the schedule was, well, who have they beat, blah, 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 fill in the, you know, all that stuff. But then they started doing things that were different. 
And they started doing things that were a little bit, I guess, not expected. You know, they they were jumping out early and staying ahead of teams. Uh, you know, we saw some of those games. But you you get into week 10, and again, they were undefeated to this point. They're going to end up losing this game. They were 8-0, sorry. Not 9-0, 8-0. And they come back. They were down 21-10. to they, they get the sack, fumble, touchdown. They go for two. They decrease the lead to a three-point game. And they're coming back in the fourth quarter against a team. And you just see how hyped the defense, the coaching staff. That's the moment right there you're seeing Robert Sala on the sideline where that's the meme that's used all over Twitter or the GIF or whatever. Great coverage there by Richard Sherman, who's, again, the highest-rated corner, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, which if you don't like Pro Football Focus, that's okay. But it, the metrics, <laughs> it, you're number one uh, over everybody else in NFL. That's telling you something. But this stretch that they went through, it, w- it, was, it, was, it was amazing because you just came off the win versus Arizona where you scored a touchdown with Jeff Wilson the last seconds of the game. This one's going to fight back and forth and go to overtime. Next game, uh, you got a 10-point win against the Cardinals. Then you go through the tough stretch. Uh, Green Bay, Baltimore, the Saints. You go 2-1 versus those three teams. And again, if you look at where these teams were, uh, you know, Saints were the number three seed in the NFC. Ravens were the number one seed. Packers were the number two seed. So you're playing against Seattle was the number six, uh, five seed, I believe it was. Yeah, you've got some really really tough opponents, and you measured up against everybody. You can go all the way to the Super Bowl. There's two different games that you could say, well, they lost by more than one possession. There was the Atlanta Falcons in which they lost by uh, seven. But that was the Julio Jones down to the one-inch line, and then we did the tossing the ball back and forth, and they recovered it and ran it into the end zone. So, you know, we lost by seven there. And then the Kansas City game in the Super Bowl, we lost by 11. But again, same thing. You know, it came down to that late touchdown. We threw an interception trying to force something, and then we blew a, a tackle in the run game. This team, there was nobody that was head and shoulders better than the 49ers. Uh, the Chiefs got them at the very end, but the 49ers controlled that game for three and a half quarters. Man, look at Debo just making plays everywhere. <sighs> that guy is going to be wearing the red and gold for a long time. For a long time. <sighs> That's a hell of a pick. I, I, I'll be honest, you know, we were talking about the draft and things like that. I was not a player that was a big fan of Debo Samuel in the second round. I liked Debo Samuel, but there were a lot more wide receivers that I wanted there. There, you know, I, I wanted to go after Eric McCoy, the center, Dalton Reisner, the offensive lineman. I wanted guard help, but I was wrong. Um, you know, I liked Debo, but there were some guys that I had rated a lot higher there, um, and I was one hundred percent wrong. And you know, we look back at Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. And what they're able to accomplish, they do not follow group think whatever. Kyle Shanahan loves running backs. There's 25, I believe, running backs that make over, I, I think it's the top. Sorry, let me rephrase this. The top 25 highest paid running backs, five are on the 49ers. He loves to give money to the running back position. 
Um, he loves to give money to the fullback position. He loves to give money to the tight end position. Everywhere he has gone, it, that's where he thinks the value is. You know, the NFL, as you see Ross Dwelly make that catch. John Lynch, and here, here's the thing. We're in this freaking game. George Kittle's in the damn stands with an injury. That, that, that's just the, the resiliency that this team has. You got to remember, the 49ers finished the season with 16 players on injured reserve. 16! <laughs> now, were a lot of those guys top-tier starters? No. But definitely some key players and key uh, guys to fit in as role players and all that kind of stuff. So 16 players is a lot. Now, you're getting all those guys back. You know, you're, we didn't even get to see Jalen Hurd, the third-round guy that we got out of Baylor, who I really, really like. Um, and we don't know how the 49ers franchise feels about him. Do they consider him an option coming back, or are they concerned that he's not going to be around? Uh, that's definitely, you know, something that we want to look at long-term and kind of see how that goes. But but that's where we're at. Um, anyway, let's get to just a couple more real quick questions uh, that we got going on here. Oh, push the wrong button. Sorry about that. Um, John, you've killed it today. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, GP. Uh, Eduardo, just want to say thanks, man. Uh, really appreciate it, guys. Uh, really appreciate you guys joining with me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Welcome back. Just wanted to say, guys, unfortunately, I'm going to have to jump off the broadcast, but I do want to say thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Everybody that's joined us, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I just want to say thanks to Hot Mike, one of the best <laughs> apps around for anything that you enjoy. And I know sports are almost non-existent right now. But make sure you subscribe. Hit, if this is your first time with us, go and follow me, John Chapman and Del DeMott's on there. They broadcast on here sometimes too. That way, whenever we do announce games like this in the future, you can join us. Uh, and then once we get into the season and all that kind of stuff, I'm trying to work on some stuff for the draft as well because it's just going to be a weird draft this year. But uh, anyway, I cannot say thank you guys enough. As always, please make sure you subscribe to the 49ers Rush Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and me on Twitter as well, at JLN underscore chapman and just want to say thank you guys it's been an absolute blast um and yeah please uh, hit me up at twitter let me know um if this is something that you want to see a lot more of or if you're just like you know whatever it's downtime and we're all quarantined please let me know um i'm here for you guys and i want to give the content that everybody else wants out there so thank you again so much and we will be back with you guys soon uh we'll wait to see what other games are going to be announced but uh thank you again and as always faithful stay strong Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.